Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Molly. And Cody. Please join us as we talk true crime over the fence. Hey there. Welcome back. We just released our Patreon. And I know that everyone that listens to this podcast Mm -hmm. is not part of our Patreon. But I really wanted to share with you is that if you enjoy me and Molly and you want to have more unfiltered versions of us, the Patreon is a good place to go because we share a little bit more about ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're just not as filtered as we may be on the mainstream. And so I really, if you enjoy our podcast, which I'm so grateful for, keep listening. And if you can, join our Patreon just so you can get to know us a little better and we can interact with you more. So before I came over here, something really weird happened to me. What happened? I feel like I was in like the Matrix for a second. Okay. So (laughs) I was getting ready to come over, put my like stuff downstairs, went up, got ready. And I came back downstairs. I remember looking for my phone as I was walking downstairs. I glanced at like where I had put my case notes. And I remember looking at it and I didn't see my phone. So I was like, oh, I gotta go back upstairs. I must have left in my room. So I go back upstairs. I'm looking in my room. Don't see it again. So I come back downstairs. I look at the exact same spot again. And my phone was there. It was like a blip in the maker. It was like, that's how I felt. It's like, I'm like you came what? downstairs, went into a different dimension, goes, nope, go get back up and yes. you did a reset. It was weird. Cody, it was weird. Because I specifically remember looking at my case notes and being like, my phone's not there. Let me go back up and look for it. And then I came back down and it was on top of the case Either notes. Either that or you're losing your mind. Or I'm going crazy. It's possible after the week I've had. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the latter that I think that you maybe loosened it just a little bit. I just bit. didn't see it in my crazed mind. I like, just like... <laughs> disappeared you're like oh it gave me a moment it must, I be, a blip the, it must be a blip in the matrix i thought a blip in the matrix because that was weird i was like what i swear mm-hmm. anyways that was my weird that story. is that is weird it was weird it, it, i'm gonna it, attribute yeah. it to you just going batty for yeah, a minute yeah it's been a week so oh and i would like to give a shout out to my mom it's her birthday happy birthday mom since happy we're recording birthday. on her birthday and she does listen so happy birthday happy birthday mama and here we are, Molly, take us away. So we're here to do an episode that I I, I wanted to do this episode because it's, it's a well-known case. And I always kind of shy away from cases that are like so well-known. But I'm like, you know what? F it. This is our podcast. We can do whatever case we want, right? right. So and I'm like, if you've heard this before, sorry, but I like this story and I'm going to tell it to you. <laughs> it's, it is it is a story. When you asked me, did I know it? I was like, yes, but I'll hear it again. Yeah. It's never, it's never not surprising. It's never not a, it's, yeah, it's never a dull story. Put it that way. 
So I'm going to be doing the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Dee Dee Blanchard. Dee Dee Blanchard was born Claudine Petrie in Chackbay, Louisiana in 1967. Relatives recall that she had a habit of stealing from her family when she was young, which they speculated was a form of retaliation when things didn't go her way. At some point early in her adult life, she worked as a nurse's aide. The family expressed suspicion that in 1997, she might have killed her own mother by denying her food. When she was 24, she became pregnant by Rod Blanchard, then only 17. She's 24, he's 17. A little inappropriate. Mm. Yeah, a little inappropriate. Mm, Yeah. They named their daughter Gypsy Rose because Claudine liked the name Gypsy and Rod was a fan of Guns N' Roses. Shortly before Gypsy Rose's birth in July 1991, the couple separated. He resisted Claudine's efforts to get him to return and she took her newborn daughter to live with her family. When Gypsy was a baby around three months old, Claudine, or Dee Dee, as she is known by pretty much the rest of the case, claimed her daughter had sleep apnea. Is that normal for a three-month-old to have sleep apnea? You they think? can have sleep apnea. Yeah, I, I don't that was know interesting. It's, it's not, I don't think, normal, but I, I've, I have friends that have had babies that have taken in for mm-hmm. breathing issues. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Dee Dee began taking her to the hospital where Gypsy would have repeated overnight stays with a sleep monitor and other tests, but they found no sign of the condition. Mm-hmm. When Gypsy was eight years old, Dee Dee described her as suffering from leukemia and muscular dystrophy and said she required a wheelchair and a feeding tube. Dee Dee subsequently became convinced that Gypsy had a wide range of health issues, which she attributed to an unspecified chromosomal disorder. Okay. The list of medical problems that Dee Dee would say her daughter had would go on to include seizures, asthma, and hearing and visual impairments. She also went through multiple surgeries, including procedures on her eyes and removal of her salivary glands. What? Mm-hmm. When Gypsy's teeth rotted, probably due to a lot of the medications she was taking. And probably the lack of saliva. Exactly. The lack of her salivary glands. They were pulled out. Gypsy seems to have stopped going to school around second grade, possibly even as early as kindergarten. And her so mo- she never started. She really. pretty much didn't. I mean, if she did, very, very short mm-hmm. time. Her mother homeschooled her after that because her... Because supposedly her illnesses were so severe that Gypsy couldn't handle going to school. Mm-hmm. And her mother felt better about her being home. Gypsy said she managed to learn to read on her own through Harry Potter books. Those so are she, difficult books. Yeah. But she basically had no education. Her mother was homeschooling her. But there's really no proof that she, she really was okay. making an effort to do that for her throughout her life. At some point, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved to Sedell, Louisiana. In Sedell, she and Gypsy lived in public housing. They paid their bills with Rod's child support, Gypsy's father. And he is part of her life, but not super part of her life. So he still pays child support. I guess he makes efforts to see her. But Dee Dee kind of puts the kibosh on that a lot of the time. So it's really hard for him to have a relationship with his daughter. They So they paid their bills with Rod's child support payments and public assistance that Dee Dee was granted due to her daughter's supposed medical conditions. They spent most of their time visiting various specialists seeking treatment of, for illnesses that Dee Dee claimed Gypsy suffered from. While a muscle biopsy was done to Gypsy at some point, it found no signs of the muscular dystrophy that Dee Dee insisted Gypsy had. She was successful in securing treatment for her daughter's other illnesses that she claimed to have at this time. After she told doctors Gypsy had seizures every few months, they prescribed her an anti-seizure medication. Several surgeries were performed on her during this time, and Dee Dee regularly took Gypsy to the ER for minor ailments. Dee Dee appeared to be charming and a devoted mother, so people believed her. Medical tests often showed inconclusive or contradictory results regarding Gypsy's diagnosis, but Dee Dee would stop seeing any doctor or question her daughter's ailments, and many caregivers went along with what Dee Dee wanted. 
She had some nurses training so she could accurately describe symptoms and sometimes gave Gypsy medication to mimic certain conditions. When Gypsy was old enough to talk, Dee Dee instructed her not to volunteer information during these appointments. So she would take her to doctors and Gypsy wouldn't be allowed to talk during these appointments. So Dee Dee would say it all like, oh, she's suffering from this and this, even though this might not have been the case. I'm sure at that point it was a personality trait where she could just occupy the room because even if I take my kids now, the doctor talks to them. Right. They don't just talk to me. Once yeah. they get past a certain age, they talk to the kids. Yeah. And I think she did have that personality. I think she was a very large personality. You know what I Verbose, mean? Verbose, just mm-hmm. I am here. I will talk for my daughter. Yes, and exactly. Yeah. Bossy, I think, mm-hmm. you know. So after Hurricane Katrina devastated the area in 2005, Dee Dee and Gypsy left their ruined apartment for shelter in Covington, Louisiana, set up for individuals with special needs. Dee Dee claimed Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate, had been destroyed in the flooding. But honestly, that was probably an excuse. A doctor there suggested that they relocate to their native Missouri, and the next month they were airlifted there. They first moved to Aurora, Missouri and rented a house there. In 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub as part of a larger project on the north side of Springfield. And then they ended up moving into that home. The story of a single mother with a severely disabled daughter who was forced to flee Katrina's devastation received considerable local media attention. And the community often pitched in to help Gypsy and her mom. Mm-hmm. Gypsy and Dee Dee also received benefits that include charity-sponsored visits to concerts and Disney World. They had occasional stays at the Ronald McDonald House during medical appointments. They received free, get free flights to see doctors at the Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. Free backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. And she also had many times gone backstage and taken photos with her. Rod Blanchard, Gypsy's father, also continued to make his monthly child support payments of $1,200 a month as well as sending Gypsy gifts and occasionally talking to her on the phone. But the experience he had was talking to Gypsy on the phone would be that Dee Dee would tell him not to mention his daughter's real age because she would say that she had a mental capacity much younger than that. So, so it would upset her if she knew yeah, that she so was older. so she was, like, for example, they said she was turning 18, and when he was talking to her on her 18th birthday, she would say, like, don't let her know her real age. She thinks she's 14. Because mm. Dee Dee was trying to make Gypsy seem younger than she actually was. Okay. Gypsy said in later interviews that for 15 years, she was not sure of her real age. Dee Dee supposedly did keep a copy with Gypsy's actual birth date. And Gypsy actually recalls seeing this during one of their hospital visits and becoming like super confused because she saw her real birth date that was on this one birth certificate. And Mm -hmm. it didn't make sense for what the age she was supposed to be. Okay. And Dee Dee, I guess at the point told her it was like a misprint on the birth certificate. So she kind of didn't think of anything of it. Yeah. Rod and his second wife regularly hoped to get to visit Gypsy in Springfield, but for a variety of reasons, like I said, Dee Dee would change plans. She told her neighbors in Springfield that Gypsy Rose's father was an abusive drug addict and an alcoholic who never came to terms with their daughter's health issues and never sent them any money, which was obviously not true. That's so sad when he was really trying to do yeah, that. When he, he, when he did do that. And- mm-hmm. Many people who met Gypsy were charmed by her. She was only like five feet tall and she had no teeth. You know, so she was this little five foot tall, toothless girl. She had really large glasses um, and she had a really like interesting voice. It was very high pitched and very child sounding. And it kind of reinforced everyone's perception that she was the age that there was being told that she was. And also that she had these issues that was being said that she had. She also would wear wigs a lot and hats a lot to cover her baldness. Her mother would regularly shave Gypsy's head to mimic a hairless appearance for like someone that was going undergoing chemotherapy treatment. But she was not undergoing chemotherapy. No, no. She would tell 
Gypsy that since her medication would eventually like cause her hair to fall out, it was better mm-hmm. just to shave it now. Okay. So maybe it wasn't like when you think chemotherapy, you think of going to hospital and getting IV, but I think sometimes you can take medication as well. Right. So that's what she was thinking, like that the medication was she was taking was for her chemo. For her leukemia. Yeah. Which I understand. And people do tend to say shave their head before it gets really bad. You yeah, know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Also, when they left the house, Dee Dee often took an oxygen tank with Gypsy and a feeding tube. Gypsy- Did she use these items at home? I'm not 100%. I think she did. Yes, I think she did because she was still trying to perceive even to Gypsy that she had all these problems. Gypsy was most of the time fed children's liquid nutrition supplement Pediasure as like basically well until she was like in her 20s, basically. Oh, wow. When Gypsy was 14, she saw a neurologist in Missouri who came to believe she was a victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And if you're not super familiar with what that is, it's basically a disease. There's Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by, by proxy. And when it's by proxy, that means it's someone that is usually a child, uh, a parent to a child or a caregiver to someone is forcing medical procedures or medical diagnoses that really aren't true mm-hmm. and treating them like they are true. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people have Munchausen syndrome where they're doing that to themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's in so many terms is what that is. So this neurologist thought that that might be what was happening. He became suspicious of her muscular dystrophy, and he ordered MRIs and blood tests, which found no abnormalities. However, this doctor never reported her case to authorities. In later interviews, he stated he believed that there wasn't enough evidence to act at that time. In 2009, an anonymous caller told police about Dee Dee's use of different names and birthdays for herself and her daughter, and suggested that Gypsy was in better health than they claimed. This resulted in two caseworkers visiting their home, but Dee Dee convinced them there was nothing wrong. Dee Dee explained that she used misinformation to make it harder for her abusive ex-husband to find her and Gypsy. Dee Dee used physical abuse to control her daughter, always holding her daughter's hand in presence of others, and whenever Gypsy said something that either suggested she wasn't genuinely sick or seemed to be above her supposed mental capabilities, Gypsy would recall that her mother would give her a very tight squeeze in her hand to let her know, like, stop talking. When the two were alone, Dee Dee would strike her with her open hands or a coat hanger. Since 2001, Gypsy was very big into attending science fiction and fantasy conventions. Sometimes she would like to dress up in costume. Mm -hmm. And she felt like she could blend in there. Well, because everyone's in costume, people have makeup, people all kind of look a little different because they're they're portraying a character. Right, right. And she said even though she was in the wheelchair, she just felt like she could blend in. Right. At an event in 2011... Gypsy tried to possibly escape her mom. Her mom ended up finding her in a hotel room with a man she had met online. And then attended this science fiction Yeah, so I with. think what had happened, she was talking to some guy online. She kind of made a meetup there. I think she lost her mom in a moment in time and while she was there off. and went off with the man and took off. And when Dee Dee found her in this hotel room, she produced paperwork giving Gypsy's false age which was the younger birth date, and threatened to inform the police. And at the time, Gypsy was actually 19 years old, but she was probably showing that she was 14, 13. Mm-hmm. Gypsy recalls afterwards, Dee Dee smashed her computer with a hammer and threatened to do the same with her fingers if she tried to escape again. Jeez. She also kept Gypsy leashed and handcuffed to her bed for two weeks. Leashed? Mm-hmm. Dee Dee later told Gypsy that she had filed paperwork with the police claiming that Gypsy was mentally incompetent leading Gypsy to believe that if she attempted to go to the police for help, they would not believe her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, she's 19 at this point. It's like this poor thing is like just trying to like live her life, like have friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So she is basically 
trapped at this point. Mm -hmm. Sometime around 2012, Gypsy, who continued to use the internet after her mother had gone to bed to avoid like her mother supervision. So, you know, her mom would go to bed. I think there was like a home computer Mm -hmm. or something. So she would just go and use that after her mother was asleep. She joined a Christian dating site and made contact online with a man named Nicholas Godijan. And this man was around her age who lived in Big Bend, Wisconsin. Nicholas had some issues of his own, a criminal record for indecent exposure and a history of mental illness. Some people reported he also had dissociative identity disorder and he also had Asperger's. So he kind of had a lot of stuff going on. In 2014, Gypsy confined to her 23-year-old neighbor who was unaware that Gypsy was close to her own age. Remember, her neighbor thinks she's like a child, 14-year-old, 15-year-old girl. So she doesn't realize she's like a Mm 20-year-old at this point young woman. And she was very close to Gypsy and she considered herself a big sister to her. So Gypsy confided in her neighbor that she and Nicholas had discussed eloping and had even chosen names for their potential children. Oh. Gypsy and Go to John flirted online and their exchanges sometimes turned sexual, sometimes using BDSM elements. Mm. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Her neighbor tried to talk her out of it the eloping still thinking gypsy was too young and possibly even being taken advantage of online by a sexual predator right she kind of thought at this time it was gypsy's plans were kind of just like fantasies and dreams and nothing would really ever take place because of this conversation she was having online despite Dee's efforts from preventing gypsy from using the internet gypsy maintained contact with nicholas for quite a while so the next year gypsy arranged and paid for nicholas to meet her mother in springfield Her plan was for them to just bump into each other at this movie theater because her and her mom decided to go see a movie and just strike up a conversation and maybe a relationship could turn in something that way. So the mom wouldn't know that they met online. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, she would introduce him to her mother and it'd be like, oh, like fantasy. Like Mm -hmm. we just bumped into here we are. Mm -hmm. As soon as they did meet in person for the first time, remember, this, this is the first time they're meeting in person at this movie theater. Nicholas says Gypsy led him to the bathroom where the two of them had sex. That, at the movie theaters. That escalated quickly. Yes, it did. And that's, yeah, that's true story. They'd never had met before. I mean, they had been talking for maybe a couple of years now online. Okay. And they, maybe even three years, two, three years, and they never met. They just meet each other at a movie theater. And again, and I mean. She's been locked up and had pent up everything. I so mean, I mean, she's in her 20s. And, and she's, she's also been living in a, this fantasy. All that she has is a fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, she's been living in a fantasy. She's been having like BDSM, fantasy, sexual talk with Nicholas. She's Mm -hmm. a girl in her 20s that probably hasn't experienced a boyfriend or any sort of possible sexual desires she may have at that age, you know? So she's just doing what she can to get, I don't know, to get what she wants. (laughs) I'm sure that she's not the only one to ever have done that. Well, I mean, I think they're both not mentally sound and I don't think normal people would just go into a movie theater and have sex in the bathroom at a movie theater. That's like Mm. probably one of the dirtiest places that's that's not what because it's just like her mom's there too well, like is yeah, her mom in the movie. movie yeah like she goes to the bathroom on her own and her mom's still watching the movie okay mm-hmm. the two of them continued their internet interactions and that's when they begin to start developing their plan to kill Dee. Dee. Mm. gypsy had told nicholas the truth about her mother's actions and gypsy ended up asking him to kill Dee, Dee so they could be together so at this point gypsy is aware of 
obviously she was aware of the abuse, but at this mm -hmm. point she she is aware of her mother's actions towards her as far as like saying that she's sick, saying this and that. And she knows I'm not sick. I'm fine. Exactly. And also, I'm not sure if I've made that clear. She's in a wheelchair. She's supposedly wheelchair bound. And I think there are points where she's starting to realize like she can walk. You know what I mean? As she's going through the year, she's realizing she can walk. She's realizing she's not as sick as she was. She's finding signs that she possibly is older than she thinks she is. So mm-hmm. she knows something is up and she knows that she's not as bad off as her mother is claiming okay. she is. And so that's what she's approaching him with. Yeah. And she's basically told Nicholas about everything that's happening. She's telling about the abuses, the things mm-hmm. that her mother is doing. And so he's well aware of it and okay. obviously quite a, probably upset about it. Cause this is the girl he loves. They've been communicating for three years online, mm-hmm. you know, and so, he has his own set of issues, which makes processing yeah, that information a exactly. little more difficult. Mm-hmm, exactly. Again, Gypsy kind of ends up asking him to kill Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Nicholas returned to Springfield where Dee Dee and Gypsy lived in June of 2015, arriving there while Gypsy and her mother were away to a doctor's appointment. I don't know where he was hanging out while they were gone. Maybe he was just like kind of around the neighborhood hiding out or staying somewhere because they do go to a hotel afterwards. But after Dee Dee and Gypsy return home and Dee Dee goes to sleep, that's when he went to their home and Gypsy allows him into the house. So he comes up, she lets mm-hmm. him in the house and allegedly she gave him duct tape, gloves and a knife, knowing quite well what mm-hmm. he was there to do. I guess at that point, Gypsy goes and hides in the bathroom and covers her ears so that she could not hear her mother screaming. Oh my gosh. Nicholas ended up stabbing Dee Dee 17 times in her back while she was asleep. The two then went to Gypsy's room and had sex. Oosh. And they took $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had been keeping in the house. Mostly that cash was from supposedly child support payments from Mm -hmm. her dad. They fled to a motel outside of Springfield where they stayed for a few days while planning their next move. During that time, they were seen on security cameras at several different stores in the area. Gypsy said at that point she believed that the two had managed to get away with the crime. They actually ended, I don't know if this is a very odd thing to do, but they ended up mailing the murder weapon back to Nicholas's home in Wisconsin to avoid being caught with it. So they like put it in a box and mailed it to his house. Oh. So that's very weird. <laughs> sure. Why don't you just... Yeah, I don't know. So they, that's what that, I guess they just want to get caught with it. I don't know why they didn't toss it. That seems like... <laughs> I mean... Like I feel like mailing like go to it a and lake then... And just throw it in. But, but... then... But then if it ever is, if he has ever brought into this and his house is searched, then they have the travel of this package going back. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what they did to hide the murder weapon. They mailed it to his home, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. So after they mailed the the knife back to his house. And do they know that mail is like scanned too? Like, can't they? I don't know if that's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that got caught. Sorry, I'm just, I have so many things where I just feel like you could drive down a road and just, yeah, I know. Just throw just it out the chuck window. Chuck it out the window. <laughs> There's way more chances that it won't be found that way than like mailing it to your own home. Like, I yes. don't. <laughs> okay. So after they mail the knife back to his home, they take a bus back to his house in Wisconsin. Well, I'm glad that, you know, the knife may or may not be there by the time they I, get I there. I don't know if it made it there bus. before or after. But I don't know. So several witnesses saw the pair on their way to the Greyhound station and noted that Gypsy wore a blonde wig and was walking unassisted. I don't think people that knew her, but they're Mm -hmm. just saying later on in date, they noticed a girl with a blonde wig. She was walking fine. Remember, she's supposed to be wheelchair bound. Mm -hmm. She's been getting along just fine. So does that slow up the investigation process where they're like, no, we're looking for a woman in a wheelchair or they realize at this point that this is all kind of happening. But then on the other side of it, we'll tell you what's happening back in Springfield at the house. 
so Gypsy and Nicholas return home in Wisconsin, and Gypsy had actually posted twice on a Facebook account that she shared with her mother, and one time she wrote, the bitch is dead on the Facebook. So it was like a Dee and Gypsy yeah. Facebook. And she later explained she made the post because she said she wanted her mother's body to be discovered. After seeing the concerning Facebook statuses and posts on Dee Dee's account, friends and neighbors suspected something was not right. When phone calls went unanswered, several of the neighbors went to the house and they knew that often the two of them left on medical trips like unannounced. It wasn't like uncommon. Mm-hmm. But Dee Dee's Nissan Cube was in the driveway still. So that was a big sign. And that was a, a car that was modified to be able to fit Gypsy's wheelchair in it. So they couldn't go without that. Protective film on the windows had made it hard to see inside with low light and no one answered the door. So they called 911. So Dee Dee made sure all her bases were covered in her home so people couldn't see what was going on inside the home with Mm -hmm. that protective covering and stuff. When the police arrived, they had to wait for a search warrant to be issued before they could enter. They allowed one of the neighbors that was present actually to climb through a window where he saw that inside the house was largely undisturbed and that all of Gypsy's wheelchairs were still present. Hmm. When the warrant was issued, police entered the house and then soon found Dee Dee's body. Gypsy was nowhere to be found. All who knew the Blanchards feared the worst. Even if Gypsy had not been harmed, they believed she would be helpless without her wheelchair, medication, support equipment like oxygen tanks and feeding Mm -hmm. tubes. Gypsy's neighbor, who she confided in, remember the neighbor we talked about earlier that was kind of like a big sister to her? That she, she was the one that she Gypsy had confided in her relationship with Nicholas. And she was one of the first people around when they were investigating the crime scene. She told the police that she knew Gypsy had a secret online boyfriend. She showed them printouts that she had saved, including his name. So I guess somehow she had printouts. I'm not exactly sure if like Gypsy and her were talking online. She told her names or if she had gotten printouts somehow from Gypsy. But right. somehow she had printouts that had Nicholas's name on him. Based on that information, police asked Facebook to recall the IP address from which the post to Dee Dee's account had been made. They wanted the IP address of where those posts that the bitch is dead had been made from. It turned out to be in Wisconsin. The next day, police agencies raided Nicholas's home. Both he and Gypsy surrendered and were taken into custody on charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. The media in Springfield soon reported that the truth about Gypsy and Dee Dee's life and that Gypsy had never been sick and had always been able to walk, but her mother had made her pretend by using physical abuse to control her. So... It didn't take them long to find him. It wasn't hard. I mean, as soon as you post something like it on Facebook from like the house you're like hiding out in, and they then they trace find the it. IP address. And then guess what? The murder weapon's gonna be I'd arriving. Be mailed, it's if gonna it's be not already there. there. Okay, I want. I just. I'm curious to see what the um, the public how they viewed. Yes, let's That's, get into okay. that. After Dee Dee's murder, many people who had known Gypsy wondered why she had gone so far as to kill her, since she could walk and simply could have expose Dee Dee's lies by just standing up in public one day right that's that's not the mentality of abuse exactly but i mean i see what other people that might not be understand that'd be like why don't you just stand up like right run away that would be a huge act of defiance and she has been beat down her entire exactly yeah gypsy had been conditioned to think that no one believed her as well Mm -hmm. so not only that but like she was told by Dee Dee many times like i'm gonna go to the police and let them know you're mentally incompetent she didn't think anyone would believe her Mm mm-hmm she explained i couldn't just jump out of the wheelchair because i was afraid and i didn't know what my mother would do i didn't have anyone to trust right Mm -hmm. after it was known of how Dee Dee had treated gypsy all those years sympathy for her as a victim of a violent murder rapidly shifted to her daughter as a long-term victim of child abuse so at first everyone's like oh my god Dee has been murdered but then you hear all the horrific things Dee Dee did to gypsy all of her life they're like oh crap like poor gypsy like Mm -hmm. yeah i get you murdered your mom but 
crap. You know the sympathy I mean? shifted for who yeah, they felt exactly. for. While the charge of first degree murder can carry the death penalty under Missouri law or life without parole, county prosecutor Dan Patterson soon announced that he would not seek it for either Gypsy or Nicholas. He secured a plea bargain to second degree murder for Gypsy. Gypsy was so undernourished that during the year she was in county jail, she gained 14 pounds. Most of his client, he says, lose weight in that situation because they're so stressed out. I mean, most of the times you're going from eating a pretty good, healthy lifestyle on the outside to going to prison food, which I'm sure isn't like the most best decadent. thing. Yeah. yeah, decadent. So Gypsy was so malnourished that she actually gained weight and didn't like mm-hmm. lose weight. She was actually thriving in a well, I don't even in think a place that took care of her basic needs. Yeah, you know, she got three meals a day. Yeah. And for all we know, she was just getting feeding to protein shakes. Exactly. Uh, front, what, the, the nutrition shakes. Yeah, I don't even think she was allowed to. And like, they're pediatric really... nutrition shakes. Yeah, exactly. In July 2015, Gypsy accepted the plea bargain agreement and was only sentenced to 10 years in prison. Okay. I think that's a pretty fair sentence for her. I mean, again, in the end, she's involved in a murder of someone and orchestrated a murder of someone. I think she has to serve some time, but she for 20 plus years of her life lived a pretty horrific life due to this person Mm -hmm. um i don't know it seems somewhat fair to me i think it's so hard to say because you can't there's no way of telling what that level of constant abuse Mm -hmm. does to somebody and obviously she was not in a mentally stable place either so and that's not an excuse for someone but it's it, this is a really gray area case, mm-hmm. you know, because you're like you see both sides. She just wanted out, I think. And murder's never the answer. It's not. No, that's not an excuse to murder anyone. But I think in her mind, she had no other way to get out at that point. Like she even said, like she felt like no one would believe her. She mm-hmm. was trapped. I think she just wanted out. And again, right. not an excuse, but and just trying to think of it from her perspective. Absolutely. Nicholas still faced more severe charges because prosecutors said that he initiated the murder plot and both he and Gypsy agreed that he was the one who actually killed Dee Dee. And aside from the fact that he hasn't been the one that's been abused by Dee Dee. Yeah, like. exactly. Her plea bargain agreement did not require her to testify against him. In January 2017, his trial was postponed when prosecutors requested a second psychiatric exam. His lawyers contended that he had an IQ of only 82 and that he was on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Suggesting that he had the diminished capacity, obviously. He had initially waived his right to a trial by jury, but changed his mind in June of that year. Nicholas went on trial in November 2018. In their opening statement, prosecutors alleged that Nicholas had deliberated for over a year before committing the crime. His lawyer stated that Gypsy had formulated the crime and their love-struck client had just done what she had asked. The next day, prosecutors showed jurors the text messages, sometimes sexually explicit, that Gypsy and Nicholas shared in the week before the murder, often using various personas as well as a knife, which was used to commit the murder. Mm -hmm. So I think another thing, they were very into role playing. Again, obviously, she liked going to the convention. So sometimes they would talk in different personas, I guess you could say. I feel like when you were talking about him being the murderer, I feel like he did that in a persona, right? He didn't do it as Nicholas. He did it as like... Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm saying like he... Said Maybe he, yeah. it was part of like the act of, yeah, well, I'm gonna be this person breaking in, and yeah, I'm, right, yeah, there were some memories of that, coming yeah, back. right. In some of the texts, he also asked for details about Dee Dee's room and her sleeping habits. There was also a video of his interview with police after the arrest where he admitted to having killed her. 
After four days, the case was sent to the jury and jurors had the option of finding Nicholas not guilty, guilty of one of three murder charges, either involuntary manslaughter, second degree murder or first degree murder. And after only about two hours of deliberation, they returned with the verdict and Nicholas was found guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. In February 2019, he was sent to life in prison for the murder, the only possible option since prosecutors had declined to seek the death penalty. He also received a sentence of 25 years on armed criminal action charge, which is concurrent with the life sentence. Okay. So it's not like an addition to... No. So, I mean, he's in life. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> sometimes when they add those things on, I'm like... I, I mean, you're all but life plus 25. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're going to die and then live another 25 years. Well, I think we had a case that I, the guy was Nico Jenkins on yeah. our Patreon. He was sentenced not only to life or four life sentences, mm-hmm. but he also then got 400 something years for yeah, weapons. Right. I think they do that for the families because you want every family to have just, I mean, you know. Right. Just to basically seal a deal. He's yeah, never, never getting coming out. out. Yes. Gypsy is now serving her sentence in, in a Missouri Correctional Center. Gypsy did not talk to the media until after she made her plea. When she did, she told BuzzFeed reporter Michelle Dean that she had been able to research Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Sorry, that's a tongue twister. Sorry if I don't say it 100% correctly. Munchausen syndrome by proxy on prison computers. And her mother had every symptom, she said. Gypsy said, and I quote, I think she would have been a perfect mom for someone who is actually sick. She always hoped that doctors would see through the ruse that her mom was putting on. Mm -hmm. While a former diagnosis of Munchausen by proxy for Dee Dee is technically impossible since she is dead now, people could confidently say that Dee Dee had it based on what they learned about the case. Gypsy was infantilized and kept away from her peers. She was a little more than a tool for Dee Dee to navigate through the world the way she wanted to. Victims of Munchausen by proxy abuse often avoid doctors and hospitals later in their lives because of lingering trust issues, which mm-hmm. makes complete sense. Gypsy also exhibits at times the same sociopathic manipulative behaviors as her mother, who was for most of her life her only role model. Gypsy also likely suffered post-traumatic stress disorder as an issue in her continuing development. And I just want to like put a quote that Gypsy had that I thought kind of was a little powerful to me. So Gypsy is living in prison now. And so she's comparing her life in prison now from her life with her mother. And this is a quote from her. She said, I feel like I am more free in prison than living with my mom because now I'm allowed to just live like a normal woman. Mm-hmm. She can be a woman. She can have her own yeah. thoughts, have her own Can you actions. imagine like that's the mind frame of someone like that? You're more free mm-hmm. living in prison than you were living with your mother for yeah. your whole life. Wow. That is the story of Gypsy and Dee Dee Blanchard. It brings up so many topics mm-hmm. that I think that, like I said, it, it makes it a very gray yeah. area yeah. as far as like how you feel because you definitely sympathize or empathize for mm-hmm. the plight that of abuse that, yes, for that sure. Gypsy was undergoing. And then you see Dee Dee. And I wonder what made Dee Dee so ill. Mm-hmm. I and, don't know. Yeah, because she was definitely ill. Yes. But obviously... She was ill, but had this intelligence about her that allowed her to pass Mm -hmm. it off because she had a slight medical background. Mm -hmm. And then also with her personality, she was able to just push everyone else away. Mm -hmm. But it's not a good ending for anybody as far as like how... I am a little hopeful for Gypsy. But Um, it seems like Gypsy's on the right path. Um, She has 10 years. She's in her 20s. I think when she sends, she'll be able to live a pretty full life if she can make that recovery mm -hmm. while in prison. Hopefully she can. And I think she could possibly live like... A successful life in the end if she's given that opportunity and I think it's really interesting I remember when this case was happening like one of the most like defining moments was the fact that 
she was in a wheelchair her whole life. She wasn't supposed to be able to walk. And there's a moment when she's first like brought into the courtroom and she's walking. And I remember it was just like everyone that knew her. It was like such they're a creep. Like, they're like, <gasps> what? She's walked right in. Like no big deal. Like she could walk her whole life. And her mother had beat her down so much that she was, mm-hmm. she believed she was in a wheelchair. She was supposed to be in a wheelchair. It wasn't until pretty later in her life where she figured out she didn't need to be there. And I'm sure pretty much mixed with the medication, mixed with the fact that she would be bed bound for weeks at a time, mm-hmm. right? And she'd be mm-hmm. handcuffed to the bed. That all causes weakness in mm-hmm. your body yeah. and your muscles. So. Right you probably wouldn't be the most confident walker, the confidently no, active. Right. You'd probably question that too. Uh-huh. And you should see, I mean, we'll post all the pictures, of course, on Instagram. You should see a photo of her like when she was with her mom and quote unquote sick and then like how she looks now in prison. Like she looks like a young woman. Mm-hmm. Like a nice, yeah, and when she's, you should see pictures of her before, she looks like very like infantile, very young, sickly. I think Munchausen syndrome is a very interesting disease like it's just very it's a crazy disease and it's very interesting and intriguing to me absolutely and then nicholas is just in for life and Mm -hmm. just do they communicate at all anymore do you know i think there was at the beginning some communication but i don't think as much any i don't think anymore okay so that's interesting i'd I'd love to see the aftermath Mm -hmm. of gypsy yeah i do too i would like to see what happens when she's out of jail Hopefully she's getting education while she's in there. I was going to say, maybe, Um, yeah. You know, she's done a lot of interviews. There's actually been some movies or series. Mm -hmm. There there was a really popular one on Hulu called The Act that was, I think, eight episodes or something. I actually have, I started to watch it. I never finished it. Mm -hmm. um, But that's supposed to be really good, uh, basically based on the whole case. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of interviews with her. Dateline episodes, 2020. I mean, you can find anything you want about it. So Right. Well, I think that she has, people can learn a lot from what Mm -hmm. happened in that situation. Maybe to prevent certain things got yeah. not being seen by doctors i know and i know that Dee would strategically take her away from doctors but maybe it's mm-hmm. something that couldn't happen now that everything is so electronic yeah and, maybe you not. know over like the the cross communication and from stuff. 10 years ago things so maybe but yeah yeah it's, a, it's also that the hopping from t- city to city mm-hmm. that you do i mean once you go to a new city majority of the time if you want to, you can start over with your medical stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. Thank you, Molly, for bringing up that case and yep. for doing it. I know that, yes, people have talked about it, but it never is not intriguing it's just to like, look it's into. It's an interesting t- case. Mm-hmm. I can't help but do it. Absolutely. And for pictures related to this case, as Molly was referencing, please go to our Instagram at overthefence underscore podcast. And we're almost to 100 reviews on Apple. I think we're at 96. So please go there and leave us a little review, a five-star a little written review would be nice. We'd appreciate it. We would very much appreciate that. And we look forward to talking more true crime with you next week. Over the fence. <laughs> <laughs>